Kingdom Man exists to help Christian men become the leaders, providers, and protectors God intended them to be. We don't back down when life brings a challenge. We trust God to make a way. He points us in the right direction, and then we get to work. We take up our cross daily and find ways to serve others and share our faith while leading ourselves, our families, and our church communities. A kingdom man follows Christ while taking ownership of everything around him. He strives for success and gives God the credit for everything he accomplishes and everything he has. He is humble, strong, faithful, and continually works to grow his knowledge and capabilities so he can become the man God designed him to be. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kingdom Men Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. I want to say thank you very much for checking out the podcast. Uh, This is a place where we talk about how we as Christian men can become godly men, kingdom men, and all the things that go into that. So, uh, again, thanks for joining me today. Today we're going to talk about leadership. So, what is leadership? John Maxwell says that leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. That's really what it comes down to. If you have influence over somebody, you're a leader to them. And so I want to spend some time talking about that today, what all the different, uh, you know, the, the main qualities and characteristics that a man really needs to have to be a good leader. Now, I'm going to start by saying that I don't consider myself an expert on this stuff. I, I'm a student of leadership, and I've been studying it through books and podcasts and, you know, online research for over a decade. It's something that's really important to me is is improving my leadership skills. And one of the things I've learned is that it's a lifelong process. And uh, like John Maxwell talks about that too. He's one of the top, if not the top speakers and authors when it comes to the subject of leadership. And he talks about all the time how leadership is a lifelong journey. No matter where you are, you always have room to grow. You can always get better. And so what I want to do today is just kind of pass on some information that I've learned, some lessons that I've learn and, and resources that I've come across that I think have really helped me and, and taught me some lessons. And just this is going to be my opinion of what the most important qualities and characteristics of a leader are. So uh, we'll get right into it here. Uh, so number one, uh, the first quali- characteristic I'm going to talk about is the willingness to take ownership of everything around you. So Jocko Willink, he's a former Navy SEAL, has a book with a his buddy Leif Babin. Uh, it's called Extreme Ownership. The two of them are former Navy SEALs, and they wrote this book that lists out the leadership principles that they learned while they were serving. And uh, you know, unfortunately, they learned a lot of these leadership principles the hard way when when things went wrong. But they learned from their mistakes. They learned from negative circumstances, and that's one of the guidelines of taking ownership is to. Always look for opportunities to learn from what's going on around you. <clears throat> so what does it mean, extreme ownership, to take ownership? basically means that you are never going to pass blame, point, <clears throat> point fingers, uh, play the victim. You're, always, you're going to take responsibility. So if something goes wrong, you're going to look at yourself first. You're going to think about, what can I do about this? Right? Because you got to remember that everything that happens, happens either because you caused it to happen or you allowed it to happen. You either did something, took some kind of action that caused this result, or you didn't do something that could have prevented this result. And depending on whether that result is good or bad, you need to use that information to dictate what your behavior is going to be in the future. And because if you just you know ignore it, pass the blame, act like it's someone else's fault, there's nothing you can do about it. 
well, then nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to get better. You know, no problems are going to be solved. And, you know, this can be difficult for some people, you know, this idea, because when you accept responsibility, that means that, well, now you have to do something about it. And it's uncomfortable, you know, especially if it's, you know, something bad, some negative situation. You know, it's it's scary to take responsibility. If it's something that, you're, that happened at your job, you might be worried that you could get fired. If it's something that happened in your relationship, you know, if you're married, then you might be worried it's going to cause a fight between you and your wife. But, you know, that's the key to getting through to those situations is good communication. And I'll get into that here in a moment. But basically taking responsibility is always looking at yourself first. What can I do about this? Something happened. All right. Well, what can I do about it? Maybe I didn't, you know, if you want to think about it, it's not your fault. Maybe you didn't take some action that's caused this bad thing to happen, but maybe you can look at, okay, well, if I would have done this, it would have prevented it. And it might be a problem that you didn't even think about, you didn't even consider, but now that it's happened, you have to think about going forward, how can I make sure it doesn't happen again? You have to have that that proactive mindset about it, not not feel, because if you start feeling like a victim, like you're helpless, <clears throat> excuse me, then you're just going to be powerless to do anything. So... Taking ownership. Second quality that I believe is, is extremely important to being a good leader is to have a habit of continuous personal growth. So you have to always be learning, always be educating yourself, looking for ways that you can grow. Uh, I mentioned before that I, I read, I listen to podcasts. Those are those are awesome ways to do it. Uh, you, you know, you could check out books at the library for free. You have unlimited information available at your fingertips on the internet, you know, whatever areas that you're interested in, you have to be able to, you have to be willing to go out there and, and seek information and never feel like you know it all. Because if you feel like I reached a point where I, I got all the information I need, I know everything I need to know, I'm good. Well, now you're going to go backwards because that's really how it works. Every day you either move forward a little bit or you move backward a little bit. There's really no in between. And so if you're not intentionally making time to to learn and grow and find new information, you're going to start backsliding. It's so it's really important to have this habit of, of continuous personal growth. All right, number three, third, uh, really very important quality that I think a leader needs to have is to be able to communicate. Now this is huge. Uh, any just about any problem you're going to run into is going to be solved with communication. <clears throat> you know, because you're dealing with people. You know, when you're when you're in a leadership position. You're leading people. You have a team. And even if you're not leading people, you're still leading yourself. So you have to be able to communicate to yourself some appropriately. But it's very important that you learn to communicate with other people well. So what are some ways that we communicate? Right? Obviously speaking verbally, but there's also body language, facial expression, your tone of voice. Right? There's eye contact, smiling. There's lots of things that go into communication other than the words that we say. I've read somewhere, I think it's something like 80% of our communication is nonverbal. It comes in all the other different forms that I just mentioned. You know, I, I might ask my kid, you know, hey, will you please pick up that pen off the floor? Or I could say, will you please pick up that pen off the floor? See, it's exact same words, but two completely different forms of communication. Now... You have to think about 
when you're communicating, it's it's about an outcome, right? You're looking for some kind of outcome. You want somebody to do something, you want somebody to know something, or you want somebody to feel something. That's really what it, communication comes down to. You're looking for one of those three responses. And so you have to consider the person you're talking to, think about who they are, what their personality is, what their relationship is with you, you know, all, their background, all those kinds of things. You got to consider how are they going to receive this information that I'm about to pass on? You know, what is the, whatever I want them to do, to know, to feel, or to do, what is the best way to communicate to this person? Because you might not be able to com communicate to everybody the same. In fact, I know you won't be able to because everybody's different. Everybody thinks differently. They look at the world differently. They have different points of view. They have different backgrounds, different education levels. They come from different types of families. Everybody doesn't look at the world the exact same way you do. And so you have to think about that. When I was, uh, I used to have a boss that kind of taught me this lesson one time when I would complain to him about an employee that I had who I just wouldn't do something I wanted him to do. And I would complain, I would say, I've told him over and over and over again, and he just won't do it. And my boss said, okay, well, what else have you tried? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, there's a thousand ways to communicate to somebody. You've tried one. And you know, I admit right, in the, right then in that moment when he said it, it didn't really click. But the more I thought about it and, and the more I learned about leadership in general, I, I realized what he was trying to teach me. That just because it, the, way, the form of communication I chose with this person didn't work doesn't mean I gave up. It means I find a different way to communicate because I'm looking for that outcome. Right? Like I said, I want them to know something, to do something, or to feel something. And so if the communication I'm using isn't working, I need to try a different form of communication. One big part of communication is listening and listening to understand rather than listening to respond, <clears throat> right? Because a lot of times we, we're here listening to somebody talk, we're having a conversation, and while they're talking, we're thinking about what we're going to say next rather than focus on what they're going to say. And so that prevents us from really hearing and, and understanding where they're coming from. Uh, so a good method to use for effective listening is uh, the ladder method. This is something John Maxwell also talks about. So the ladder method is you're using the word ladder as an acronym, L-A-D-D-E-R. And so each letter stands for a different uh, technique here. So the L stands for look at the speaker, right? You want to be making eye contact. Your body should be facing them. You want to look like you're paying attention. The A is ask questions, right? So you're, you're getting clarity. You're asking about the specific things that they're talking about. That helps them to know that you're trying to understand. The first D is don't interrupt. Definitely don't want to interrupt them. That's that's rude. It comes off as you know you're sending a message that I don't care about what you're saying. Second D is don't change the subject, which also sends a message that you don't care about what they're saying. The E is uh, emotions in control. So you have to be able to use your emotions appropriately. So if they're telling you an exciting story about something that happened, then you want to respond appropriately. Like, oh wow, really? That's crazy. That's unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. If they're telling you a sad story, then that should also be reflected in your tone of voice and your body language and the things that you say like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Is there anything I can do for you? You're, you should use your emotions appropriately based on what they're telling you. And then the R is responsive listening. So you want to respond to what they're saying. Don't let them do all the talking. You actually want to speak up and participate in the discussion. Another big part of communication is conflict resolution. Uh, this is, in my opinion, 
one of the best ways to build a relationship is by being good at conflict resolution. If you have the maturity level to sit down and have a conversation with somebody and put your ego aside and focus on doing what's best for the relationship, it, it's, you're going to have a good result almost every time. I think that there's no problem that can't be solved with a conversation and a handshake as long as you know how to talk to the person. So you have to be able to do the, the listening method I was just talking about, really hear and understand what they're saying and where they're coming from. You have to be willing to apologize if you messed up. Now, this is the thing that a lot of guys have a hard time with is having have this level of pride that makes them not want to apologize. And you got to think about how apologizing isn't necessarily admitting that you did something wrong. It's not admitting guilt. But really what you want to apologize for is the way you made them feel. right? So if somebody says, uh, you made me upset, you definitely don't want to say, I'm sorry you felt that way, because that is not an apology. That's a slap in the face. Yeah, an apology should be focused on you and not the other person. So you want to try not to have the word you in your apology. But what you might say is, oh, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. That was not my intention. Here's what I was trying to do. Right? That, that would be a good way to go about it. But as long as you're willing to have a conversation and put your ego aside, take the high road, even if you think the other person is wrong, you have to think about what you really want. Right? Do I want to win this argument right now? Or do I want to have a good relationship with this person? You know, maybe it's somebody you work with and you get into a, a confrontation with them for whatever reason. If you're going to have to continue working with them, you got to think about what do I really want? Do I want to put them in their place? Or do I want to be able to work with them every day without dreading coming to work or feeling angry all the time? So that's how you need to basically your communication on is how do I get that result? All right, next uh, next quality characteristic of a good leader is to invest in other people, right? You want to help add value to other people. That's, uh, again, I know I keep talking about John Maxwell, but he, he's great on this. Um, so he has a, a book called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and one of those laws is the law of adding value. And so by helping people grow, by helping them learn more and, and be able to do more and, and improve their abilities, you're making them more valuable. And when somebody helps you, I know it for me anyway, if somebody helps me grow and become more valuable, I have a lot more respect for that person. That person has a lot more influence with me and they're, they're, they become somebody that I wanna follow. And so that's, this is very important quality of a leader is to be able to help other people grow. So if you have kids, you're a leader to your kids, you need to help them learn and grow and eventually grow up to be good, responsible adults, right? And so the things that you, teach them, the conversations you have with them need to be pointed in that direction. If you lead a team at work, same thing. You need to be able to help them learn and grow so that they can become more valuable, which will help them get better performance reviews, better raises, better promotions. That's going to give them more respect for you. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Mary Kay Ash. She started the, you know, the Mary Kay cosmetic line and uh, her quote says, everyone has an invisible sign hanging around their neck that says, make me feel important. Never forget this message when working with people. So people will always remember how they feel when they're around you. They might not, you know, that's, that's a Maya Angelou quote. People may not remember what you say or what you do, but they'll always remember how you make them feel. And so if you make somebody feel important, feel 
affirmed and appreciated and they feel good about themselves when they're around you, that's going to build your leadership capital with that person. They're going to, you're going to have much more influence with them. So, all right. Uh, the, the last quality of being a good leader is just being organized. And this might seem like a simple thing, but it's something that a lot of people struggle with is being able to, to organize and plan your time appropriately based on the things that are important to you. That, I think that's where it starts. You have to decide, you know, what are your, what are the most important things in your life? What are the areas of your life that absolutely override every other area? Uh, you know, this is something you might need to sit down and, and spend some time thinking about, and I think you should do that. But uh, like I'll tell you, mine, their their uh, faith, my faith, my relationship with Jesus. Number two is my relationship with my wife and kids. Number three is my health and fitness. And number four is my personal finances. Those are the four areas of my life that are the most important to me. Yours might be similar. Your might, yours might be completely different. But you have to decide for you what's the most important. And so when you, and then you have to plan. You have to schedule your week. You know, I, I strongly suggest using a day planner, or just a you know you can use a monthly calendar, or even just a, a yellow pad of paper, whatever it is. But you should have some way of planning your days and your weeks. And you need to schedule activities that are going to impact those areas that are most important to you first. Stephen Covey, uh, he wrote the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he does the uh, the Big Rocks demonstration where you uh, you have somebody take a, like a bucket, fill it you know, halfway, three quarters of the way with little small pebbles. And then he has some several big rocks that he wants them to try to put in there. And these big rocks represent the most important things to you. And when you do it in that order with the small pebbles already in there, there's no way to fit all those big rocks in the bucket. And it's the, big, the, the little pebbles are representative of all the little small things, busy work that takes up our time. And so when we let those things take priority in our life, then we don't have enough time to do the things that are most important to us. And in his demonstration, he starts with another empty bucket, puts all the big rocks in first, and then pours the pebbles on top. And then the pebbles are able to find their way around the rocks and the little empty spaces around. And he's able to fit all of them, or almost all of the small pebbles, into that bucket by putting in the big rocks first. And so this is a metaphor for focusing on the most important things first. Making sure that those are the focus of your life, whatever those important areas of your life are. And as long as you, you spend time doing those things, then all the little small things can work around that. And if some of those small things don't get done, no big deal because they're not part of your most important things. I, uh, I, I, like I said, I highly suggest using some, some form of planner, you know, calendar. I use the calendar on my phone. I used to use paper planners, but uh, you have to be organized. If, if you're not organized, then you're going you're, you're gonna to be late to things. You are not going to be prepared, and that's not good leadership. Being, being punctual, being prepared of, of what you're doing, whatever whatever the leadership setting is, you have to be able to know what you're talking about and, and be prepared ahead of time. You have, uh, another thing that I do weekly is I have a weekly action plan, and it's I decide for each one for each of those areas that I have my my faith, family, and my personal health and fitness, finances. Uh, I set a goal. I do goals twelve weeks at a time. For each one of those areas, I have one primary goal and so every week I look at those goals and think for each one what's one thing I can do this week that's going to get me closer to my goal and 
that's my way of planning for the important areas of my life is whatever those actions that I decide are I put those on my planner first in my calendar and then everything else works around that so alright so to review uh, leadership five to me the most five important qualities are number one the willingness to take ownership of everything around you number two have a habit of continuous personal growth number three be good at communication number four to invest in others and number five to be organized and learn how <clears throat> and learn how to prioritize so now there are certainly more qualities and characteristics that can be beneficial and help people uh, than just these five but it in my experience these are the kind of foundational the most important ones to have and and really anything else any other quality that you might have would build on these so uh, let me know if you have any uh, any differences in opinion if you think there's something that shouldn't should not be on the list or should be added to this list let me know in the in the in the notes and you can reach out to me on kingdom men on the facebook page uh, you just go to facebook and search for kingdom men and uh, again i appreciate you listening to the podcast i'm just trying to, to start this movement i'm trying to help uh, christian men just become the men that god created them to be it's something that it's, it's passionate to me it's something that's for me is, is a lifelong journey and, and i think a lot of other guys kind of might feel like something's missing and they're and they're trying to figure out what that is and you know even if they're christians even if you're saved and that that's great you're going to heaven awesome but while you're here on earth you need to maximize your potential you need to figure out what god has for you i think we all have a purpose god has something he wants all of us to be doing while we're here on earth that are going to help eventually more people go to heaven and we might not never see how our actions are going to do that but we need you know we just need to have, work on learning what the what that is you know you need to figure out what your purpose is in life and you need to you know apply the the tenets of leadership protection and providing for the people around you and then figure out how to be the the best man you can be the most godly man that you can be and what, you know, like I said, figure out what God's purpose is for you and go after it. So uh, until next time, thanks again for checking out the show. Uh, you guys have a good day.